Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman, and we're still alive, baby. What's going on, Frankie? Hey, what's happening? Happy Monday to you. Week 14, nearly in the books. Lots to talk about from a fantasy football perspective. Just an absolute crazy, crazy Sunday. Lots of injuries, a lot of surprising performances, a lot of duds as well, Greg. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. I uh, was shocked this morning when you walked in. You're like, you know, we lost, right? I'm like, no. No, I did not. I found know out that. at the same time as you. I, I was stunned. The BFFs were up fifty points in the pit league going into Sunday night football against the fantasy Taz Jim Day, who has Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, and the Seattle Seahawks defense. Greg, and what's crazy is, <laughs> so he needs these two Rams players to go off against his own defense. The only thing that couldn't happen a pick six was a pick six happening. Robert Woods hasn't scored a touchdown all season long. Not one on the receiving. Your BFFs lose. Shout out to Fantasy Taz. He pulls it out, man. Unbelievable, man. That, that sucked. That sucked. But yesterday was a day uh, full of injuries. A, a crushing, crushing, crushing day of injuries. I want to start with the latest one that I just saw uh, break across my timeline. That's Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley says he is out for the season for the Atlanta Falcons. And obviously, it's only two more weeks the fantasy season, three more weeks of the regular season. Calvin Ridley is done. Obviously, Atlanta in a tough spot this week uh, in San Francisco. So you'll you have Calvin, you'll have Julio Jones, but you probably don't want to pick up the Russell Gage and do that thing against San Francisco. Although, yesterday, San Francisco's defense, not great, Bob. No, they weren't great. It's very hard to go into New Orleans in the Superdome and look good as a defense. Uh, that was probably the most fun game of the year. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But you mentioned Calvin Ridley. This really comes at a bad time, Greg, because you know we start off the show you know, hinting at all the injuries that we had. And this Calvin Ridley one, while we knew about it, it happened yesterday, he left at halftime. We didn't know that it was going to be this severe. So now we're dealing with Mike Evans and DJ Chark. And Calvin Ridley is just another one of those major injuries in the fantasy football season down the stretch here. And he was dominating recently, Greg. 
Four straight games, at least 90 yards or a touchdown. A touchdown in three of those four games. Scored a touchdown yesterday before he left. So if you started him, he potentially helped you move on to the next round, but you will not have him in week 15 and beyond. It's a really big blow for a young player that was really coming on, Greg. All right, let me start off in Atlanta then. The Atlanta Falcons destroyed the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Man, Matt Ryan led the way. Demonte Freeman found the end zone for the first time this season for Carolina. Ian Thomas got in the end zone. So this... uh, this destruction at the hands of Atlanta, crippling Perry Fuels, Carolina Panthers. Predictable. Yes, very predictable here. Uh, you know, we didn't necessarily know which Panthers team was going to show up. No Ron Rivera. And the answer, unequivocally, was uh, a team that is basically mailing it in now that they fired their head coach, Ron Rivera. They get blown out in Atlanta. Divisional game, 40-20 to 20 here. Uh, you mentioned Devontae Freeman. A lot of firsts yesterday, Greg. Devontae Freeman, first rushing touchdown. Mike Williams and Robert Woods against your BFFs. Of course, first receiving touchdowns of the season. Uh, better late than never, but... I would consider Devontae Freeman a winner, Greg. You know, since he has returned, he is dominating the snaps. He played 67% of the snaps yesterday. Yes, it is a tougher matchup against San Francisco heading into next week. But I think if you do want to attack the San Francisco 49ers one way, it's better to do so on the ground than through the air. I mean, their secondary has been great all year. Of course, they have an injury to Richard Sherman, so we'll have to monitor that. But Devontae Freeman, 17 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. We knew this was a good spot against Carolina. You want to start all of your running backs against the Carolina Panthers. Yes, they are that bad. I had Freeman as a high-end RB2. I think that he was, you know, on a team that doesn't have a lot of winners, Greg, the Atlanta Falcons, probably the biggest winner yesterday. Say it one more time, please. On a team that doesn't have a lot of winners... Devontae Freeman was probably no the biggest winner for the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely. Hey, Matt Ryan was also a big winner yesterday. He performed better than I thought. Three, 313 yards and two touchdowns, still not as good as Ryan Tannehill. You mentioned Richard Sherman. You mentioned the San Francisco 49ers. It was arguably the game of the day. The 49ers defeated the New Orleans Saints on a last-minute Robbie Gold field goal. Crazy game. It was a crazy, crazy game where Jimmy G led the way for San Francisco. Drew Brees, the two of them went head-to-head, toe-to-toe, and it was an awesome, awesome contest down there in the Superdome. You know how we like to hold ourselves accountable here on the BFS, Greg? Very much so, Frank. We give out apologies often. A lot. I think now is the time to apologize Jimmy to Jim. both of the quarterbacks yeah. in this game. Because mm-hmm. we both said we, we weren't really in on Drew Brees heading into last week. You know, nobody could have seen this coming. Yes, you could have said, you know, games in the Superdome tend to trend towards the over. That's sure. fine. But nobody saw 48-46. to 46. Kyle Shanahan pulling out all the stops, having Emmanuel Sanders throw touchdowns. A really, really fun game all around. But... I think that this was a big game for Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of his development and his confidence, Greg, because we have seen some big games out of Jimmy G over the past month or so, but against the Arizona Cardinals, you know, the Saints, their defense is solid. I would say it's probably above average. It's not an elite defense by any means. They do get a lot of pressure, so that's why I worried about Jimmy G in this spot, but man, that offensive line held up. He was really good. I mean... Garoppolo really got it done yesterday. So if you manage to use one of him or Drew Brees in a super flex league or somehow in a one-quarterback league, huge winners from yesterday. Uh, Garoppolo getting it done, throwing a bomb to Emmanuel Sanders. I know you had your dilemma, Greg, about who to start in your flex. I told you I liked Emmanuel Sanders' matchup, but I didn't have enough conviction to tell you to put him in your lineup. Uh, But he was you know, another huge winner yesterday. Both him and Debo Samuel, at least eight targets each in this game. And the answer to... Who is the back to own in the 49ers backfield? 
It's Raheem Mostert, and it's a, not close. A whole lot of Raheem Mostert yesterday for San Francisco. Matt Breida was obviously worked in there, which which was nice to see that little change of pace. But Raheem Mostert was the every down back. Tevin Coleman played like three snaps all game, uh, got pushed back on a third and one in the third quarter, and that was it for Tevin Coleman. You could drop him. 60% of the snaps for Raheem Mostert sure. in this game, just 18% for Matt Breida, 16% for Tevin Coleman. So if you manage to pick up Raheem Mostert, I think that he is a legitimate RB2 moving forward. I agree, and of course that'll change next week when they go to Jeff Wilson Jr., but right now, <laughs> I totally agree. Raheem Mostert, uh, absolutely somebody you can rely on. On the other side, as you said, we, we shied away from both these offenses in a tough game. But Latavius Murray wasn't awful in this one, in this spot. He's been a desperation flex. I thought that was interesting. Obviously, Alvin Kamara out-snapped him heavily, out-carried him heavily, the whole deal. But Latavius Murray wasn't a zero. Uh, he was not. Seven carries for 69 yards. Giggity, 9.9 yards per attempt for Latavius Murray. Alvin Kamara, man, what is going on? I tweeted this out yesterday, Drink. In a season where just crazy things happen, this happens every fantasy football season, so I'm not just going to say, this is the craziest season of all time because there are crazy things that happen every single season. And I understand touchdown regression was going to hit Alvin Kamara at some point. Sure. But this guy has not scored a touchdown since week three. He has two touchdowns on the season. They both came in week three. What is going on with Alvin Kamara right now, Greg? I will tell you, I don't think that he is 100% healthy. He has not looked the same since he has returned from that ankle injury. Uh, I think that Kamara has been one of the biggest losers, not just this week, but recently. And if Jared Cook is out next week, Josh Hill... We're back. Might actually be a thing. Josh Hill season <laughs> returns. Justin Tano win you a championship. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Game of the year, potentially, between San Francisco and New Orleans. Ending with the San Francisco 49ers defeating New Orleans in New Orleans, which means they are in control of their own destiny of that number one overall seed in the NFC. How do you leave George Kittle in one-on-one -on -one coverage in that situation? Fourth and two? You have to know who they're going to go to there. He is the go-to guy. You leave him in single coverage? I mean, it was almost too easy for the San Francisco 49ers at that point. It's wild. And it came on fourth down, which is just insane he's getting his face mask pulled around and he's still just driving people down the field just crazy game man it was crazy i mean the the face mask and him just dragging dudes down it was nuts wild it's like one of those things you see in a cartoon or a movie right like the big kid kind of like the like the jerome bettis commercial sure with the uh, on your flag football team he's just like knocking people around he's like dragging some dude on his back that was basically george kittle yesterday yeah george kittle was, was an absolute animal yesterday for the San Francisco 49ers. And what was also a, a great game, you saw Kansas City and New England. What does New England have left? That's the question mark. Kansas City goes into Foxborough, picks up a victory as the Patriots were not able to score from inside the five to end the game. When was the last time you saw that? The Patriots get all the way down there and not convert. A great play of that quarterback for Kansas City, getting his hand in there on Julian Edelman. Uh, the Chiefs, of course, full of trick plays, including, including Travis Kelsey rushing for a touchdown. That not, was sick. And not to be outdone, the <laughs> Patriots as well, with um, a flea flicker touchdown to Julian Edelman, James White throwing a 40-yard or 35-yard pass. It was a day full of tricks with Kansas City getting the last laugh.
And I'm just going to give a heads up, a warning to Patriots fans or anyone listening or watching right now who lives in the uh, the, the the Boston area, the, the New England area. How are you going to boo the Patriots, man? I Like, come on, man. I heard Gabe talk about this this morning. They're booing them going into halftime. Yes, this offense is struggling. And, you know, some things didn't break right down the stretch, not having a challenge there. You know, the guy clearly did not step out and scored a touchdown, Nikhil Harry, on that, you know, toe tap down the sideline and it's unfortunate but how many things have gone the Patriots way over the past couple of seasons so it is what it is you know Jacoby Myers should have held on to that touchdown some bad luck involved here uh, if you started Tom Brady you're probably not moving on to your to the next round of your fantasy football playoffs Greg I think the only player that you can start in this offense right now confidently is Julian Edelman and I don't think that it's close even in a good matchup yesterday Sony Michelle dude Sony Michelle five carries for eight yards are you kidding me? I think you still start James White. Like, I know James White didn't really come alive. Yeah, I mean, he's like a half. flex in PPR leagues. But I think, like, the only must-start player is Julian Edelman. I agree. It's not close. I agree. Ob- and I think it's obvious. Yeah, and, and Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Look, you want to talk about Alvin Kamara not living up to expectations this year, Saquon Barkley. I know that Patrick Mahomes is dealing with a lot of injuries, and they're still winning his games. Hands. He hurt his hands. I'm waving it. Yeah, but he, he should be good. There was I saw a report that came out earlier before the show started that Andy Reid says that he should be good to go heading into week 15. He's clearly not 100%. He's not playing healthy. They were talking about it on the broadcast yesterday. 283 yards and a touchdown. He threw that touchdown to Miko Hardman, uh, which was basically all Hardman. You know, just got the ball barely there. And, and then Miko Hardman turns on the, the Jets and, and scores uh, blowing past the defender, but ultimately, you know, Patrick Mahomes has not lived up to expectations from a fantasy perspective either. There are no winners in this backfield, Greg. LaShawn McCoy, 11 carries for 39 yards. Sure, whatever, that's fine. Like, he dominated the workload, but didn't really do anything with it. Darwin Thompson, four carries for seven yards. Spencer Ware was involved. This is just a complete mess. I would say everybody involved in the four, uh, the Chiefs backfield are all losers, Greg. I would say so because it was the return of Spencer Ware yesterday who played 60% of the snaps, uh, more than Darwin Thompson, more than LaShawn McCoy. Who knew? Yeah, uh, it was, you know, all three of these guys were involved, and they've been doing that all season long with the Kansas City Chiefs. But in a tough matchup against the New England Patriots, nobody was able to step up and make the most out of it. Uh, Darwin Thompson did have the four receptions, which... I guess, helped his day in a PPR league, but overall not great. Kelsey scores the rushing touchdown on the trick play, as you mentioned. Tyreek Hill, back-to-back tough games, but again, Patrick Mahomes, not himself. And this was a tough matchup. I think if I told you beforehand that you would wind up with 6-for-62 in a game that the Chiefs only scored 23 points out of Tyreek Hill, you would be okay with it. You don't love it, but he didn't completely dud in this game. No, he didn't. I was a Tyreek Hill guy. Um, He didn't dud. He wasn't a loser, more of an ass. Speaking of winners, losers, and ass, let's talk more about that. In a segment we like to call Winners, Losers, and Eh. We'll just. Eh? Eh? Looks like he's not playing. Sorry. Not playing. Eh. <laughs> We're losers. Losers! <laughs> All right! We are losers here on the BFFs. Right. Losers. Right. You suck. You are one pathetic loser. That's and. Right. Eh? Oh, man. I have no idea what's going on. All right, there you go, your winners, losers, and eh, right here on the Sports Grid Network. Thanks for joining us here on Pluto TV. Oh, of course, we hit on the Chiefs. We hit on the uh, New England Patriots. Let's keep going. Baltimore Ravens 
and the Buffalo Bills. Good game out there in Orchard Park in Buffalo with Baltimore uh, surviving that game against the Bills. Buffalo had a chance, could not get it done. Lamar Jackson does his thing. Um, and the Ravens get by Buffalo, Frankie. Yes, they do. They end up winning by a touchdown. I know the spread closed right around 6, 6.5, so uh, potentially a very big win for Ravens betters or a tough loss for some of the Bills betters. I know we have a few of those here on the network. Uh, Lamar Jackson only rushes for 40 yards. It's almost like you consider that a down game at this point. Still throws for three touchdowns. We've got to see what's going on with Mark Andrews, Greg, because he's been one of the best tight ends all season long from a fantasy football perspective. He left this game early due to a contusion in his leg. Uh, as of now, it doesn't sound too serious, but monitor that throughout the week. If you are a Mark Andrews owner and you have a dead roster spot, you might want to cover yourself by picking up a Hayden Hurst as a tight end handcuff. I, I didn't know that those were a thing, but in this Ravens offense, you do want whatever tight end is going to be starting and running the most routes because... Lamar Jackson does like to throw to the tight end. We saw Hayden Hurst with a long 61-yard touchdown yesterday. Uh, Hollywood Brown, tough matchup here against the Buffalo Bills secondary. Three receptions, minus two yards. A very clear loser is Hollywood Brown. On the other side, Greg, Devin Singletary, 17 rushes for 89 yards. He is the guy, without a doubt. This is now, I think, four or five straight weeks, 70% or more of the snaps for Devin Singletary, uh, and he comes through here. You know, the Ravens' defense is really good, but I think that you actually can target running backs against them, so don't be completely scared away from this defense from a fantasy perspective. You can run a little bit against this Baltimore Ravens defense. When it comes to the receivers, John Brown, loser, huge dud. Three receptions, 429 yards. Cole Beasley gets in the end zone again. He has now become the most consistent fantasy option over the past three weeks, Greg, uh, with with John Brown seeing more of those tougher matchups on the outside. All righty, John Brown seeing the tougher matchups. Cole Beasley, extremely reliable here for the Buffalo Bills in any matchup, and that's what Cole Beasley has become for this team. You mentioned Mark Andrews and that injury. It, it seems minor. We'll see if he plays this week. Hayden Hurst and Nick Boyle both become options for you off the waiver wire. And it's interesting, Frankie, because the tight ends, there's a lot of guys out there this week. Yeah, there are a lot of streaming tight ends that we'll talk about on tomorrow's show when we do the waiver wire heading into week 15 for those that are still alive in their fantasy football playoffs or potentially playing in a consolation bracket, whatever it might be. Uh, Ian Thomas is one that's going to make a lot of sense if Greg Olson is out. Got to pay attention to Noah Fant to see if he's healthy, but he just had a big game. David Njoku comes to mind going up against the Cardinals, and then obviously everything going on here with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, pay attention to Mark Andrews if he can't go. I think Hayden Hurst of the two would be the one that I target. I agree with you. Hayden Hurst was running that Mark Andrews route all the way to the end zone to open up that second half. It makes sense. He's clearly the one to target for me as well. Let me go to another injury, Frank. That's what we saw in Washington where your boy Darius Geis hurt his knee on an unfortunate loser yesterday was Darius Geis, but that made Adrian Peterson a big winner in Washington's loss to Green Bay. Absolutely. The Washington Redskins kept this game close, and it sucks for Darius Geis because he was running well early on. I actually put out five prop bets on Twitter yesterday before the 1 o'clock game started, and Darius Geis' prop was 40 and a half rushing yards. He went over that in just five carries, so it looked like he was on his way to having a big day here, but now they're saying they think it's an MCL sprain, which would likely keep him out for the rest of the season. It's to the same knee that he suffered the ACL tear during the preseason of last year so I don't think that we'll see Darius Geis again but 
as we will talk about on the waiver wire show again tomorrow, Adrian Peterson, one of, if not the top waiver wire ad this week, 20 carries, 76 yards and a touchdown. You know, Bill Callahan, the interim head coach of Washington wants to run the football. And we saw that in the games before Darius Geis returned, Adrian Peterson was seeing that big workload. So I do think that, you know, even in tougher matchups, the volume will be there for Adrian Peterson. And, this might be the last time that we see Adrian Peterson in a big role for a team, Greg. What better way for him to go out from a fantasy football perspective than winning people fantasy playoff matchups and championships? I think it makes a lot of sense. AP back in the mix. Eli back in the mix. It's great, man. The NFC East. Let's go. Crushing it, man. Crushing it. All right. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Back with you here on the BFFs. Uh, Danny, you can let everybody know I contacted who I had to contact. We're good. Um, back here on the BFFs. I know I have a read to do, so let me get into that. Where is this thing? Do you have this, Frank? Potentially. Ah, I found it. Here we go. There you go. Hit the bed. Let's do it. Because if you want two risk-free wagers of up to $1,000, go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight's NFL game, you bet on the Eagles, which you should. They're home favorites. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites. And they beat Eli Manning and the Giants by 10 points. You receive 10 times up your stake. That's pointbet.com slash GRID. Enter the promo code GRID. And you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All righty. There you go. Frank, we hit on the Washington football team. Adrian Peterson, even Terry McLaurin found the end zone yesterday on a circus catch. That was awesome. Another terrible throw by Dwayne Haskins. He's, that was all McLaurin. He's, he's very bad. He is very bad. Very, very bad. Should feel pretty good about, I guess, having Daniel Jones. He's not playing, but... Daniel Jones has showed more upside he's, than Dwayne Haskins, for sure. He's certainly better than Dwayne Haskins. There's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah. As of now, he is. There's no doubt about I don't about know that. that it's going to change There's for no either one of them. There's no doubt that Daniel Jones is better than Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is so much he, better next I can't next tell you that he's better than Drew Locke, but he's definitely better <laughs> Drew than Locke Dwayne Haskins. pretty good. We'll talk about Drew Locke in a second. For Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is a loser, man. Aaron Rodgers is a big loser yesterday. He's a loser from a fantasy perspective for sure. I mean, yeah, he's doing... That's what the show's about. Yeah, he's doing what he needs to do win. to win games in the NFL, which is fine. I think that's what they've done all season long. Matt LaFleur has really relied on the running back so far this season. And in games where they have to get out, get in shootouts, in competitive games, those back-and-forth games, Aaron Rodgers has showed us that he can still put up with the best of them. He can still make all the throws. He can still have monster games. But... It's just not a necessity at this point in his career anymore. He is older. They are playing better defense this year. They're doing just enough to be able to win games, and and that's how, what, how they're going to continue to do this. It's what they've done all season long, but you're right, Greg. I mean, it wouldn't be crazy to imagine benching Aaron Rodgers no next week, who is at home against the Chicago Bears. 
The Bears have been great against quarterbacks I have all no, season I long. I have no interest in starting. So, Aaron you know, we did the FanDuel hurry up earlier about waiver wire quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if they're out there, maybe even a Drew Locke. You got to look into these matchups here because I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big fantasy game against the Chicago Bears. Just hasn't been there all season long. A big bounce-back game for Aaron Jones. Very big winner, Greg, yesterday. Huge winner Didn't yesterday. Didn't dominate snaps, but that's basically been the case, you know, the past seven, eight weeks, right? He's been between 50 and 65% of the snaps each of those games. He doesn't dominate snaps, but he did dominate work here. 16 carries for 134 yards, a rushing touchdown, compared to just 7 carries and 24 yards for Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones was also the leader in targets, receptions, and receiving yards for the Green Bay Packers. Wouldn't surprise me if, again, he lets you down next week just because he has been inconsistent. But in these better matchups, Aaron Jones reminds us what he's capable of. He is a winner from Week 14. He was awesome. He's been a winner most of this year. I'm interested to see where he goes next year, Aaron Jones. Is he a solid second-round pick? Is that what it is? I don't know that he's a second-round pick. I I could see him going similar to where he went this year. You know, yeah. just settling in in the third round, sure. maybe moving up to the early third round. But I don't think that Jamal Williams is going to go away in games that they fall behind that have also been competitive. We've seen Jamal Williams on the field more playing that pass catcher's role, although Aaron Jones is a good pass catcher. It seems like there hasn't really been a rhyme or reason to, you know, when Aaron Jones sees a big workload versus when Jamal Williams does. So it's been frustrating from that regard. The snaps have been very interest, uh, you know, even as well. So I think that the efficiency is there for Aaron Jones again this year. He has upside to have big games, a solid offensive line ahead of him. I think all of those things will likely keep him as a you know, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 heading into next season. All right, there you go. That's the story on Aaron Jones. I mentioned Drew Locke. Let's get into what Drew Locke yesterday he did. Uh, he was a huge winner yesterday for the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos spanked the Houston Texans yesterday. Over the knee. Just nonstop. Repeatedly. Greg, we were talking yesterday via text. Bill O'Brien, man. What is up with this guy? I mean, the guy's favored by nine and a half points at home, coming off a huge win against the New England Patriots, and you have this performance against the Denver Broncos? Man, what is going on here? You know, Deshaun Watson still made the most out of his day because he threw for a touchdown, and he had two rushing touchdowns, but two interceptions here. They couldn't really do anything on the ground. The defense was putrid from the Houston Texans yesterday. I mean, how is this the same team that beat the New England Patriots the week before? I I just... It is so confounding when it comes to Bill O'Brien and this team, and now they basically control their own destiny because they face the Tennessee uh, Titans twice in the next three games, and those games are going to decide who wins the AFC South. It wouldn't surprise me one bit that if the Texans falter in those games, Bill O'Brien is out for the Houston Texans. We'll see what happens He's he's the GM. He's not going to fire himself. Well, they've got to do something, don't they? They're not going to do anything. I love Bill O'Brien. It's just so ridiculous, man. Just it, it, look, it's you're Mike, probably right. Mike Rabel, man. This Ryan Tannehill move, we'll get into that in just one second. Yeah. But like, holy cow. Yeah, it's it's just insane what they're doing right now. I never thought that, you know, based on the offensive game that we saw out of the Titans on that Thursday night football game against the Jaguars earlier in the season, it seems like that was five years ago. What is going on with the Tennessee Titans? We will get into that. But back to Drew Locke. Like, listen to me. Like, this guy's their offensive coordinator. <laughs> And they're succeeding. So. Uh, that, that is a picture of Arthur Smith. We were crushing him about two months ago. Uh, a lot can change in two months, as we've seen with the Tennessee Titans. Back to Drew Locke. He only had five incompletions yesterday. 11.4 yards per attempt. Big play after big play. Awesome. To Noah Fant had some big ones. Tim Patrick had a big catch in this game. Jeff, can you take me higher, man? Scores a touchdown. And Greg, in a game where they score 38 points... 
Cortland Sutton has 34 receiving Nuts, yards. Nuts, right? Just, this is just fantasy football at its finest. Cortland Sutton is still a wide receiver, too. He still sees a lot of volume. He can make plays against even the best corners. We saw that last week against Casey Hayward. This was a letdown. I'm still going to go back to Cortland Sutton, but I think Drew Locke is at least working his way into super flex territory right now, Greg. Yeah, he's on the radar, man. I'd rather have Drew sure. Locke than Kyle Allen. Tell you that much. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. And next week, they go up against Kansas City. And I've already seen that there's, a, there's a big total in that game. It is tough to go into Kansas City. It's a, it's a tougher place to play. It's going to be cold in Kansas City as well. But the way that Drew Locke is playing right now, if you play in a two-quarterback league, super flex, I think that you get him in there against Kansas City. I agree. No issue with me uh, in a super flex league starting Drew Locke. In, when you need a streaming quarterback, there are other options out there. What's up with that tomorrow on the show? Um, but Drew Locke in Superflex, I'm totally, totally cool yeah, with that. Big winner. Big winner, Drew On Locke. the other side for Houston, out of, not out of nowhere, but Will Fuller out again with a freaking hamstring strain. He practiced in full on Friday. Correct. Oh. It's just more of the same for the Houston Texans. This team is just hard to figure can't out. do the Will Fuller. There are a few teams like this, Greg. It's just Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde every single week. The Atlanta Falcons were one of those teams. They come out of their bye. They beat the New Orleans Saints. I don't want to say Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because the offense was good. For fantasy purposes. Yeah. Like, they did the their Texans. thing. Yes. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins was awesome. You he know? was. I mean, yeah, he, still, Watson he still ended up putting touchdowns. up a good game. DeAndre great. Hopkins had a big game, 7 for 120 and a touchdown, 13 targets. But I think some people were looking at Kenny Stills to fill in for Will Fuller here, Greg. He did not show up. He has not shown up in any of the games that Will Fuller has missed. So that narrative that, oh, we can use Will Fuller in games where Kenny Stills is out, that is gone. That is no longer existent. Jordan Aiken seems like he has taken over as the pass-catching tight end over Darren Fells. Nine targets yesterday for Jordan Aikens. The Texans themselves are huge losers, but from a fantasy perspective, they did actually do what you wanted. Even Carlos Hyde in a game where they were getting destroyed. 14 carries for 73 yards. Continues to be his flex self every single week in RB3. You know, I thought this was going to be a Duke Johnson spot. And from a PBR perspective, 6 for 40, fine. I thought that he was going to have a bigger game here, Greg, because it's easier to throw to the running back against the Broncos, and they were trailing the whole time. I was expecting a bigger game out of Duke Johnson. I like the eight targets, so I'll put him in the eh category, but still a bit of a letdown for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mentioned what Drew Locke did yesterday, and there's some other quarterbacks that obviously went off, but none bigger than the Titans and Ryan Tannehill, where Ryan Tannehill is putting up Lamar Jackson-type passing numbers at this point. It's like him and Lamar Jackson have been the two biggest offensive weapons the second half Since of the he has become the starter, exactly Lamar Jackson is QB1, Ryan Tannehill is QB2. That's how good Ryan Tannehill has been. Quarterback two, since taking over from Marcus Mariota, uh, what, seven or so weeks ago. He's been that great. And, you know, the schedule is what it is. But Tannehill's playing the schedule that he has. He's been amazing. He has breathed life into the Titans team. Now, it'll probably be a huge setback because they'll commit to Tannehill and it'll suck next year, but nevertheless. AJ Don't Brown, buy him in a dynasty league. <laughs> no. AJ Brown has been fantastic. Ridiculous. Derek Henry, as long as he's healthy, has been fantastic. And Ryan Tannehill has been startable every week. You take the name off the back of the jersey, you don't care that it says Ryan Tannehill. He's never thrown the ball deep like he is now. He's been unbelievable, and yesterday was more of the same. And I think this is, you know, I got to bring it back to my Jets and Adam Gase, of course. What kind of indictment is this sure. on Adam Gase, sure. right? He never got this kind of play out of Ryan Tannehill when they were in Miami. They didn't let him throw the ball deep. We saw him throw a ball from his own end zone that ended up being a 91-yard touchdown to A.J. Brown yesterday. This guy can make the throws if you put him in the right position and in the right matchups. He's had really good matchups. And I had him as a top-10 quarterback coming into this week, Greg. 
I think I had him as my QB eight or QB nine. Yeah. I was all over Ryan Tannehill here. The Oakland Raiders defense is terrible. You want to play whoever is going up against them next week? It's Gardner Minshew and the stash against this Oakland Raiders defense. Ryan Tannehill again. Two of his next three games are against the Houston Texans. Those are huge must-win games for both of the teams. But we just saw Drew Locke throw for three touchdowns against this Texans defense. You can throw on them, and I think Ryan Tannehill will be able to do just that. Pay attention to Derrick Henry. He was getting a lot of treatment on this and that hamstring throughout the course of the game. Still, still managed to run for 100 yards and two touchdowns like it's nothing, Greg. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, I got a gimpy hamstring, whatever. I'll still run for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Sorry it's not the 160 yards it has been each of the past three weeks. Derrick Henry, man, just a complete beast. A.J. Brown, this guy's 25% owned in Yahoo Leagues. It's insane. Why is he only 20? Absolutely insane. I understand that there are people out there you might have stacked wide receivers at this point in the play. It doesn't matter. Pick up A.J. Brown. He, he has been up and down, but when he's up, he is up. And against the Texans, he should be able to do well in that matchup. Seven targets yesterday, led this team five catches, 153 yards, two touchdowns. He is everything the Titans and Dynasty players wanted Corey Davis to be, and then so. Absolutely. A.J. Brown, man, he's a man. He's going to be a high pick next year uh, in fantasy drafts. We'll come back on the other side. The other shocker of the day. Josh Jacobs, man. We'll get into that on the other side. Hold on, more to come. Your BFFs are on after this. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Frank, did you know it's been uh, one month since your birthday and one month since I've been married? Happy one month anniversary. You as well. On your wedding, Greg. Hey, buddy. I'm still married. Feels feels great to be 28. Is it? I wish I was 28. Nothing has changed. <laughs> still hard to get out of bed. I'm sorry. <laughs> At 28. What is wrong with me? Imagine when you get to 30. Imagine when you get to 40. How does it feel, Greg? Don't know, Frankie. Ah, don't lie to the people. I don't know. <laughs> Josh Jacobs woke up feeling like he was 40 yesterday because out of nowhere, yesterday morning, he was like, hmm, he may not play. I'm like, what do you mean he, he may not play? And then he, he didn't play. Josh Jacobs been battling a shoulder injury for a while. Yesterday, it cost him the game. It may cost him his season. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to see Josh Jacobs again. He's playing through a fractured shoulder. The Oakland Raiders have lost three games in a row, really falling out of contention right now. They are 6-7. and seven. Statistically, they still have a chance, but I don't know that they're going to risk the health of their rookie running back, someone that they need for years to come in order to try and climb back into this one. And look, DeAndre Washington did his best Josh Jacobs impression here. 14 carries for 53 yards. Didn't run all that efficiently, just 3.8 yards per carry. But if you did have that as a pivot option on your team, you know, in in case you were worried about Josh Jacobs, we had those reports earlier in the day. If you picked up DeAndre Washington and pivoted to him, you are laughing onto the next round of your fantasy playoffs. Scores the touchdown. Uh, leads the team with seven targets, six receptions, 43 yards. That's the craziest part to me, Greg. Why was DeAndre Washington used as a pass catcher yesterday? Meanwhile, Josh Jacobs hasn't been used that way all season long. The seven targets, six receptions, and 43 receiving yards for DeAndre Washington were higher than any receiving totals for Josh Jacobs in a game all season long. So that was very odd for me. I understand they were playing from behind, but uh, nonetheless, DeAndre Washington, a 
winner from yesterday. And if you didn't pick him up and you are a Josh Jacobs owner and you somehow managed to advance, he will be the top priority on the waiver wire for you because they go up against the Jaguars, Greg. And I need to remind you this. This is not an exaggeration. The Jaguars allowed 300 total yards to Chargers running backs yesterday and three touchdowns. 300 total yards. They even allowed a rushing touchdown to Derek Watt, their fullback. It's going to be a great matchup for DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington in a huge, huge spot this weekend. If he is out there, Frank's right. He's the number one guy you have to go out and get uh, as a running back this weekend against Jacksonville. You saw what Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon did yesterday against Jacksonville. Let's break it down a little bit further. The Chargers dismantled the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. Frank, you said Eckler and Gordon. People are riding them right in the semifinals. Yeah, and Eckler was on the field actually more than Melvin Gordon yesterday. I think they were kind Finally, of... Finally, they smartened up. Given, uh, give Melvin Gordon a little, bit, uh, a little bit of the day off here as they got up big and they were playing with a lead. Phillip Rivers didn't even play in the fourth quarter of this game, so Austin Eckler winds up with 49% of the snaps. Just a crazy game for Eckler, man. Eight carries for 101 yards. Four receptions for 112 receiving yards and a touchdown. Just crazy efficiency continuing here for Austin Eckler. And we told you last week that he was an RB2 in this matchup, uh, and he provided much more than that. Melvin Gordon gets in the end zone. I think both of these guys are clear winners. Phillip Rivers in the passing attack, a winner from yesterday. He's not done yet. 300 yards, 14.3 yards per attempt yesterday. This Jaguars team is has just completely rolled over. Uh, you can play whoever you want against this Jaguars defense right now. Three touchdown passes for Phillip Rivers. Austin Eckler gets one of those. Mike Williams gets in the end zone here. Uh, First time on the season. Finally gets a touchdown. The regression happened, baby. Better late than never. I know a few people liked him in DFS. Hunter Henry scores a touchdown as well. Uh, It was fantasy goodness all around for the Los Angeles Chargers. Not for the Jacksonville Jaguars where DJ Shark has a high ankle sprain. That may cost him the season, Frank. He's probably done here. Uh, unfortunately, he's a loser. It's not his fault. It's not performance-related. Loser. Still had 10 targets, 9 catches for 75 yards. So, DJ Chark doing his part from a PPR perspective. But heading into next week, this matchup with Oakland, Greg, D.D. Westbrook is going to be a primetime play against this Oakland Raiders secondary. And and dare I say it, I will throw out the names, Chris Conley and Keelan Cole. If they got to fill, fill in for the those outside wide receiver spots, for Gardner Minshew to have a target down the field to throw the ball to, I think that those guys are going to be in play. The Oakland Raiders have allowed the most 20-plus yard receptions and 40-plus yard receptions. So you can make big plays against them, and I think that both both of Chris Conley and Keelan Cole are going to make four interesting pickups in deeper leagues. We'll see. I mean, you again, it's deeper leagues. You yeah. want to throw them out there because the matchup's obviously really, really good. Some people play, you know, two flexes like you do in your I leagues. do, yeah. Listen, yeah. I, Gardner Minshew is one of those quarterbacks I'm looking at for this week, 100%. Yeah, look, he hasn't been great since he has returned to the starting role here. Um, but, yeah, look, it's hard to pass up on that matchup. And Leonard Fournette is not running efficiently right now. Pretty much like, you know, he hasn't his whole entire career. But, uh, yeah, I think that they can take advantage. And there's going to be some points in that game between the Raiders and Jacksonville. I think Minshew is definitely in the streaming conversation. We hit on a lot of injuries. Let's go to Tampa Bay where Mike Evans hurt his groin. He's out for potentially the season. Was it his groin? I think it was hamstring. Hamstring? Well, it's significant enough that he's going to be out for probably the year, I said Bruce Arians. It'll be a shock if he plays again this season. Comes on a touchdown catch for him, which is frustrating. It was everything you want out of a Jameis Winston game yesterday, right? I tweeted out the box score and said this is a microcosm of his career. So this is why I told everyone (laughs) to pick up the Colts defense last week. Because... Yeah, they're going to allow a crap load of points. 
But they're going to get picks. They're going to get sacks. They're going to get fumbles. And they're going to get touchdowns. And they did all of that, Frankie. That's exactly what they did. You look at the box score in one look. I think the funniest part was I even got four pass attempts out of Ryan Griffin somehow. Well, he got hurt. James got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. And that is actually a big storyline to pay attention to because as of now, the last report that I saw was that he's going for a second opinion on his hand injury. And normally whenever you see that, it's not good things. So obviously that has huge implications for Chris Godwin, the rest of this offense, OJ Howard back from the dead, five targets, four receptions for 75 yards. I know his snaps and routes run have been up over the past couple of weeks. So again, <laughs> we're bringing up OJ Howard. Look, if no Mike Evans is around, they need someone to throw the ball to. This team is not yeah, a good running football Rashad team. Rashad Perriman, maybe. Rashad Perriman's going to be in the mix. I know I saw a lot of people on uh, the Dynasty Fantasy Twitter yesterday talking up Justin Watson. If you look at his player profiler page, he does rank highly in a lot of those uh, agility and speed metrics that we like to see coming out of college. Uh, he's a bigger receiver as well in Justin Watson. So, you know, he had eight targets to just five for Rashad Perriman. Perryman had more snaps. Watson had more targets. You know, if uh, if Winston is looking Watson's way, I'm definitely going to have some interest because this team cannot run the football. They like to throw and throw and throw some more. So um, if you need a, a waiver wire wide receiver, you lost Mike Evans. I think that you can look within this team to find the replacement there, Greg. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. If you want to stay on that team, another wide receiver injury saw Devontae Parker get concussed. Devontae Parker, I'll, I'll go back to the Colts in a second, but like yep. Devontae Parker, he gets concussed. If you're desperate for wide receivers, you think Alan Hearns could be somebody that's out there? Um, Albert Wilson, we go back down to that rabbit hole. Isaiah Ford, Greg. What can sure. you tell me about Isaiah Ford? Nothing. <laughs> Isaiah Ford led this team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards yesterday, and the Dolphins can't run the football. While, you know, our Laird and Savior, as they like to call him on Twitter nowadays, uh, he had a solid game in terms of his workload. 15 carries, 48 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, not great, but he did have five targets. So they can't run the football. They're you know, using Laird as an extension of the run game with short passes, like we thought they would use him. But ultimately, they're going to end up throwing the ball. The volume's going to be there for Fitzpatrick. And I think Isaiah Ford and Alan Hearns, if Devontae Parker is ruled out for sure, in a really good matchup against the Giants are going to make a lot of sense in Week 15, Greg. But, you know, getting back to the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, as you mentioned, Marlon Mack, first game back, did not run efficiently, but he scored a touchdown, so... I think you feel pretty good about that performance. You feel really good about Zach Paschal as well, who is the clear number one wide receiver for the Colts. A touchdown followed by a two-point conversion. He was great. Jack Doyle, Greg. What happened to big Jackie D, man? He, snaps were there. The Dude, targets were there. You tell me before this game that the Colts are going to put up 35 no, points and Jack Doyle only has 27 receiving yards. I would have probably told you he gets hurt on the first drive of the game, but uh, yeah, definitely a loser from yesterday, Jack Doyle. I'm not going to completely get away from him. I know the. I'm not the, at all getting away from you're him. You're not getting oh, away back. from him. Tampa's tough against tight ends, man. No, they aren't. Yeah, they are. You've allowed a lot of fantasy points to tight ends this year. I don't think so. I think they're tough. No, they're like top three. They allow like the third, like the second or third most fantasy points to tight ends. I thought they were tough. So I love this matchup. I had Jack Doyle ranked inside my top seven. Going against the Saints next week, they are actually tougher against the tight end, but. There should be some points. They're going into the dome there, and like we just saw, you know, George Kittle had a solid game against the Saints. You got to go back to Jack Doyle. Uh, Pascal, big winner from yesterday. Marcus Johnson. Can I interest you in Marcus Johnson in deeper leagues? He is the one that's seeing uh, the deep routes, the the high average depth of target here for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yeah, I, I think that yeah, everyone... They, they are they're third. <laughs> they are, um, you know, when Marcus Johnson and Zach Pascal and Marlon Mack, and, and even Jacoby Brissett, I think everybody on this offense was a winner yesterday. 
outside of Jack Doyle. You mentioned Miami a moment ago. Anything on the Jets? Bilal, Boom Boom Powell getting the start for Le'Veon Bell. Kind of weird, right? Like most players play through an illness unless it's like mono. Yeah, no, this is like Jets-itis. Right. He just doesn't want to play for the Jets anymore. And everything, and everything you Adam read, Gates. everything you read was like, oh, it's like the same illness that's going around the league. But Le'Veon can play through. He's on the sideline still. So, yeah, again, I think this is just he's got a bad case of the Jets here, Greg. He didn't right. want to get out there and play against the Miami Dolphins. At this point, Le'Veon Bell's like, all right, whatever. I'm making my money. Uh, I'll. I'll Sit out a game here. You know, he should be back next next week, I would assume. I will pay attention to that when it comes to Le'Veon Bell. But, you know, save it for next year, I guess, whatever it might be. Robbie Anderson, huge winner. I was on his prop yesterday. I was on Zach Pascal. I was on Tyler Higby. Hit on all three of those. A little bit of a backpat for myself. Robbie Anderson, 11 targets here. And this is what he does every single year, Greg. Sure. As we get into the fantasy football playoffs, always. the final months of the season, Robbie Anderson always shows up. Jamison Crowder. Huge loser. You were right, Greg. We cannot go back to Jamison Crowder. I'm trying anymore. to tell you, man. The usage has not been there. I mean, he had seven targets, but for whatever reason, he is not on the same page as Sam Darnold right now. Robbie Anderson is that guy. Tougher game, though. Thursday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. I think Robbie Anderson will be more of a lower-end wide receiver three. I, I really don't want to target outside wide receivers against this Ravens defense right now, but the targets have been there for Robbie, so... He's a boomer bust play. Maybe he can catch a touchdown against the Ravens, but that's a really, really tough spot. He's a winner, but this whole situation is eh because I don't like the matchup going into week 15, Greg. Fair enough. You don't like the matchup, you do why. I can't start Robbie Anderson in this spot against the Baltimore Ravens. Just not like, even as a low-end wide receiver three? Just not something I'm comfortable doing. Targets have been there for him. I understand. I, I, I get it. It's a I tough understand. spot, but and they're likely playing from behind. You can't talk about injuries without mentioning what happened to Rashad Penny last night for the Seattle Seahawks. He goes down in the first quarter with a knee injury, a significant knee injury. He's going to be out for the season, it looks like, according to Pete Carroll. He uh, leaves. Chris Carson picks up all the snaps. Although CJ Prosize was back until he gets hurt again, no doubt. Um, the Seahawks get demolished by the Rams last night. It caused us to lose, as Frank mentioned at the top of the show. But the big story of that game from a fantasy perspective wasn't Robert Woods finally getting in the end zone. wasn't Todd Gurley being awesome. Hell, it wasn't even Tyler Higby dominating as a tight end one yet again. It was Cooper Cup. And even though he scored a touchdown, he barely played. He barely played. The snaps have been down the past couple of weeks. I don't know that he is in a doghouse because of something he's done. I saw on Twitter people were speculating that, you know, he's... He dropped a pass that led to an interception. And I think he had like a fumble a week or two ago. So I don't think that he is in the doghouse. I guess it's a possibility. Maybe he's playing through an injury. But what they are doing, Greg, is they are getting back to Todd Gurley. And I think because of that, they're playing more 12 personnel sets where they have two tight ends on the field. And that has led to less playing time for their three wide receiver sets. I don't know why they wouldn't use Cooper Cup on the outside. Brandon Cooks has given us a donut two games in a row. But for whatever reason... This is a situation to monitor. We'll see if we can get some answers throughout the course of the week. I have a feeling that a few of the beat reporters will be asking Sean McVay about this when it comes to Cooper Cup. But Todd Gurley is back to getting these huge workloads, Greg. 27 touches. Although it was Malcolm Brown scoring a touchdown early yesterday. Scored a touchdown early. Todd Gurley still wound up getting in the end zone. Didn't run efficiently, but 27 touches. And he has seen his workload go up the past couple of weeks for the Los Angeles Rams. And maybe this is what they were saving him for, Greg. You know, maybe they were giving him that it could light be too little too late, though. Early on in the season. It, could be too little too it, it might be, but for whatever reason, now they're like, look, we can't fool around. We got to get the ball in the hands of our best player. Right now, that's Todd Gurley. And if Gerald Everett, Everett misses any more time, 
Tyler Higby is a legit tight end one. Legitimately a tight end one. Bo Scarborough got hurt late in, in the Minnesota blowout uh, of Detroit. Dalvin Cook looked like himself. And other takeaway, Baker Mayfield stinks. Baker Mayfield stinks. Tyler Lockett, man. Huge loser again. Just letting fantasy owners down week in and week out. He's Frank. I'm Greg. We'll go over waivers this week. Tomorrow, we, we hope. hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. on the BFFs. Atlanta Falcons destroyed the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Man, Matt Ryan led the way. Demonte Freeman found the end zone for the first time this season for Carolina. Ian Thomas got in the end zone. So this uh, this destruction at the hands of Atlanta crippling Perry fuels Carolina Panthers. Predictable. Yes, very predictable here. Uh, you know, we didn't necessarily know which Panthers team was going to show up. No Ron Rivera. And the answer unequivocally was uh, a team that is basically mailing it in now that they fired their head coach, Ron Rivera. They get blown out in Atlanta. Divisional game, 40-20 to 20 here. Uh, you mentioned Devontae Freeman. A lot of firsts yesterday, Greg. Devontae Freeman, first rushing touchdown. Mike Williams and Robert Woods against your BFFs. Of course, first receiving touchdowns of the season. Uh, better late than never, but... I would consider Devontae Freeman a winner, Greg. You know, since he has returned, he is dominating the snaps. He played 67% of the snaps yesterday. Yes, it is a tougher matchup against San Francisco heading into next week. But I think if you do want to attack the San Francisco 49ers one way, it's better to do so on the ground than through the air. I mean, their secondary has been great all year. Of course, they have an injury to Richard Sherman, so we'll have to monitor that. But Devontae Freeman, 17 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. We knew this was a good spot against Carolina. You want to start all of your running backs against the Carolina Panthers. Yes, they are that bad. I had Freeman as a high-end RB2. I think that he was, you know, on a team that doesn't have a lot of winners, Greg, the Atlanta Falcons, probably the biggest winner yesterday. Say it one more time, please. On a team that doesn't have a lot of winners... Devontae Freeman was probably no the biggest winner for the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely. Hey, Matt Ryan was also a big winner yesterday. He performed better than I thought. Three, 313 yards and two touchdowns. Still not as good as Ryan Tannehill. You mentioned Richard Sherman. You mentioned the San Francisco 49ers. It was arguably the game of the day. The 49ers defeated the New Orleans Saints on a last-minute Robbie Gold field goal. Crazy game. It was a crazy, crazy game where Jimmy G led the way for San Francisco. Drew Brees, the two of them went head-to-head, toe-to-toe. And it was an awesome, awesome contest down there in the Superdome. You know how we like to hold ourselves accountable here on the BFS, Greg? Very much so, Frank. We give out apologies often. A lot. I think now is the time to apologize Jimmy to G. both of the quarterbacks yeah. in this game. Because mm-hmm. we both said we, we weren't really in on Drew Brees heading into last week. You know, Nobody could have seen this coming. Yes, you could have said you know games in the Superdome tend to trend towards the over. That's sure. fine. But nobody saw 48-46 to 46. Kyle Shanahan pulling out all the stops, having Emmanuel Sanders throw touchdowns. A really, really fun game all around. But I think that this was a big game for Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of his development and his confidence, Greg, because we have seen some big games out of Jimmy G over the past month or so, but against the Arizona Cardinals, you know, the Saints, their defense is solid. I would say it's probably above average. It's not an elite defense by any means. They do get a lot of pressure, so that's why I worried about Jimmy G in this spot, but man, that offensive line held up. He was really good. I mean, Garoppolo really got it done yesterday, so if you managed to use one of him or Drew Brees in a super flex league or somehow in a one-quarterback league, huge winners from yesterday.